<laughs> What's up? How the hell are y'all doing? Well, we're good. It was a pretty good Sunday. Pretty chill weekend, too. Last time before uh, Shelton got on, y'all had just had sex. Yeah. We were clapping cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were doing what, what God does not want us to do. Or, or, or the to, Vatican. With the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I mean, if it was tame today, it was a normal Sunday. I mean, which Shelton was saying, I was playing Mario Party. He's trash at Mario Party. Yeah, so... Well, we were playing Mario Kart and Mario Party. He's pretty good at Mario Kart. Mario, Mario Kart is super easy because all you got to do is just drift and throw shit. I mean, not if you got a badass team behind you and they shoot shells at you. <laughs> and then all they, and then the thing is that you only get bananas and fucking coins when you're in first place. This is true. It makes it so hard for you to stay in first place, you know. And you know, motherfuckers always try to keep you down, like Shelton. Like we were doing Mario Kart, and then we were doing battling, right? So I was winning by a lot, right? I had all five of my balloons, and I had like six kills. And this motherfucker is like, uh-uh, y'all better turn around and get Baby Mario. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> so I went and I killed his ass. That's what I did. <laughs> I, I love Baby Mario. I use Baby Mario on the harder stages, like uh, the difficult Rainbow Road, like pretty much the second half, the right side of all mm -hmm. those stages, I have to use Baby Mario. Because mm -hmm. if you bump into him, he gets a speed boost. It's like the perfect fucking thing. Yeah. But I use uh, fucking the mopeds, and I just learned recently that you're supposed to use the carts because they're better. But okay. those little scoots with any fucking, itty bitty fucking wheels can't catch me on that shit. The acceleration <laughs> is like fucking maxed out, and the weight is like non-existent. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys, the, we we only play games now that there's at least some competition because we can't play Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter anymore. You you won't play because, me in Pokemon. You because, because they they don't want the smoke on and and Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter anymore. Oh, but you you can't play me in Pokemon, right? You, you, but but, but <laughs> wait wait, Ronnie 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 gave me a run for my money. Oh yeah, we play, he did play Mortal Kombat. Ah, <laughs> we did. Now I've I only play fighting games too, and I only play when I have people over, and I need to stop that because I be I start off rusty, like when people call me out because I talk mad shit too. But when other people talk shit, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got I got to bring it to the table. But I only play that shit when I have people over. You know, after this, I'm gonna get high as fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna play Mortal Kombat and Tekken, but we do still have to have a Pokemon battle. Yeah, we do. But I've been so out of Pokemon because when I started working again, like all of my coworkers were uh, Pokemon Go. And I'm like, I ain't playing that shit. That's not real Pokemon. And then eventually I'm, it was so, you know, dead when we first went back to work. I'm like, okay, I'll do something. So I was into Pokemon Go forever. And then I booted up fucking Shield. I think when a Crown Tundra, that's the most recent one, when that one dropped. And I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and I was like, my po my mind was confused from like my Pokemon in the game and like the Pokemon to Pokemon Go. Cause I'm like, wait, I have one of these. I'm like, wait, why does it have a Pokeball by it? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting mixed up. That's just stupid. But anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and start it now. Welcome back to Project Paragon. Uh, it's just me this week. I do not have my co-host. So this is Ronnie, AKA Monster in a Tight Shirt, AKA Cocoa Butter Guy, AKA your bitch's bestie, AKA Ghetto Gordon, AKA is that Goku Black? No, that's Black Goku, AKA Captain Hook, AKA Mr. This Dick Ain't Free. And I am joined by my two future husbands. I already said I'm husband number three at this point. So we're returning guests. We have Shelton and we have Eric. Shelton, you want to introduce yourself on that? Greetings, everyone. Shelton. 
Nice to meet everyone. Shelton Smallwood from, I guess I can say I'm from the West Bank. I don't know. I don't know if that's something to be ashamed of nowadays. Is that the ghetto? I don't know if that's the ghetto. <laughs> it is the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely. But hey, at the end of the day, I'm from I'm from the West Bank, John Aaron High School, because you know we wrap our high schools where we're from. So it is what this it is. is. True. Eric, you introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey. Hey, everybody. My name is Eric. <laughs> I'm uh, originally from San Pedro Sula, Honduras, but uh, I grew up in, in Florida, Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, uh, Bonita Springs area. Yeah, see, I find that out because I did not know where the fuck you grew up. I just <laughs> assumed you grew up in D.C. and that's where y'all met. No. <laughs> you joined the Marines, huh? Yeah, I was a Marine for almost 10 years. Oh, nice. And and you were Air Force, right? No, you're Army. Oh. Army. Army. Army, yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, I, I took the easy route. I, I wasn't about <laughs> I wasn't about that life. I, I, <laughs> I had a nice, a nice, a nice easy job and I knew what I was getting into. Um, you know, and I was happy with what I got out of it. One contract in and out. Yeah, I got kicked out, so that's different. But <laughs> I'm happy to have you guys here with us today. You guys are going to pretty much fill the void. I told you before, just be yourself, get comfortable. Like, if y'all usually, you know, curse each other out, go ahead, do it. I want to hear it. I want to see it. <laughs> but we're going to, I guess we're going to start off with like probably the most like, uh, no, I literally just realized this earlier. So did y'all see what happened in Miami? Oh, with the, oh, with oh, the, the lockdown? With the yes, party. the state of emergency shit. So yeah, that, I don't understand how the fuck after a year they tell our stupid asses, hey, y'all can go outside. And then we do this shit. <laughs> no, not like that. You can't go outside like that. A yeah, fucking yeah. state of emergency due to how crowded the beach was. And this is crazy because like out here, it's insane. You wouldn't think that you you wouldn't think that Corona is a thing. And it's like seeing crowds is one thing, but seeing how many people don't have masks on is another. <laughs> it's yeah. um, people don't care. People want to go back to living their lives. But I think also a piece of it is just social media and and how and if, if this place is a viral place, because I think naturally as a weather starts to get warmer, because I think in DC we got, you know two days of 60 degree weather and we're over here happy i got to wear shorts outside today and i was i was so happy about that <laughs> uh, and you know the warm weather's here and naturally like people in dc warm weather beach i want to go to the beach so if you if we can't go internationally i'm going to go to a place like florida so the, all of all of those kind of like things come together in my opinion mm -hmm. to help help elevate why that went viral and why it's in a state of emergency. If no one posted it, no one would have cared. And oh, big facts. Everybody just got their stimulus checks. So, you know, they got money to spend. And it felt like that was the place to fucking be. Everybody in Miami, people never fucking gave a fuck about being in Miami. In Miami. Like spare flights for $89, bet. I ain't about to roll the dice on my life for thirty dollars. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Back when I first started traveling, I did used to fly Spirit, and then you know I was educated and I started caring about myself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be seen in that in that line. Nah, that's just crazy. <laughs> Man. But I ain't gonna lie, it's it's hard sometimes. Like I used to have to buy uh, last minute flights 
And you can't be, you know, like a hundred and fifty dollar last minute ticket, you know, when fucking with Southwest or some shit, it's like five hundred dollars. Right. Which reminds um, me, I do need to fly out to DC now. Well, you're invited to our wedding party, yeah. so you're- um, I'm definitely coming to that. That's like already. <laughs> that's without a question. I have to turn up with y'all because y'all fucking stories and shit on Instagram. <laughs> if anybody takes any advice, please follow Shelton and Eric on Instagram. This y'all should be lit. I be having. I don't experience FOMO because I am an introverted person to the highest tier. I love being inside. I love having my creature comforts. But when I see y'all stories, even y'all's date nights, that shit is beautiful. And I'm like, all right, that's how you live your fucking life. And it makes me think about when we were younger, Shelton was so like, just, he was, he's was not the person we all know and love today. He was very reserved, very quiet, very like chill. And I was like, one of the first things Shelton said to me, I remember this was back when he was working like an Outback or some shit. And I came there and you walked up, you was like, I just want to let you know, I think you have a really nice build. And I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> and after that, me and Shelton were friends. And, <laughs> <laughs> because before that, it was like, I knew you like dated Briani and like, it's like, I just knew you were one of the smart kids. Like, I didn't really like, but when you, you know, see someone like, hey, clearly we're very similar because we're about the same size. Like, we look like we'd be fucking brothers. And it's like, we're, we're both nerdy, like alternative black guys. So it's like, you're going to be drawn to people. But I, I tell my friends a lot, a thing that happens often with people with similar personalities, you convince yourself that you're more alone than you actually are. So, because after Shelton, after he moved it, I was like, damn, why didn't we realize we were this compatible and like this cool when we had the opportunity to spend more time together? But that's just how life works. Like growing up as a teenager, you tell yourself like, oh, no one gets me. No one's like me. And it's just not true. Fucking yeah. depressed as teenagers. And now you're just living it up and I'm sad. <laughs> 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 don't be doing shit but anyway i guess we'll start with this uh whack-ass article um vatican says priests can't bless same-sex unions the judgment was issued in response to questions from some pastors and parishes that sought to be more welcoming and inclusive of gay couples the vatican said on monday that priests could not bless same-sex unions calling any such blessing not licit the ruling said that the church should be welcoming toward gay people with respect and sensitivity but not endorse their unions the congregation for the doctrine of the faith the vatican's doctrinal watchdog issued the judgment in response to questions raised by some pastors and parishes blah, blah, blah. the issue of inclusiveness came to the fore in recent years, after the Pope asked bishops to develop projects and proposals so that those who manifest a homosexual orientation can receive the assistance they need to understand and fully carry out God's will in their lives. What? <laughs> so as a same-sex couple, how, how does that make you guys feel? Um, I'll start. Honestly, I don't really care because at the end of the day, the Vatican doesn't rule my life. And if you want to subject yourself to, you know, be relying on the church to tell you what to do, who to be, and, you know, how to act, that's on you. And at the end of the day, what I do with my dick and my ass is my, <laughs> it's not Vatican. And on top of that, Pope Francis loves gay people. Yeah. He's the first Pope to ever be flying the gay flag. And this little response that they did, I think it's a cover up because I would rather be known as a homophobe than a pedophile. Big facts. That is that is exactly where I was going. And we all know, like I know both of us work in the military and we know the power of messaging 
and uh, what a deflection and distraction can do. Uh, and ultimately, I'm not really, you know, at large, of course, I'm not really that religious uh, right. at all. And I, I think that when we when we reading to these things, we we strip away the true essence of a union. It's a bind between two people. It's not all of the fluff and all of the the Vatican and the mom and dad and like if they can't family, bless it, then we're not married. Yeah, it's like all this this shit around it. It's like oh, if our families get together, like we, look all this. Shit doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's all about the union, the two individuals in that union. We don't need your approval. There's no no one else. There's no approval outside of the union. So, uh, so that's my first point. And I think my second point is that you know I'm not convinced. Like this is a little. This is an article. Uh, I'm sure that there's there's something they're trying to cover up, and this is something that's interesting enough to get enough views or get enough readers' uh, attention to deflect away from something that's probably happening. At this yeah, it's a fire. It's a fire as diversion because it's like think about how horrible of timing this is. Like, gay marriage has been legalized, like in the United States, like it's being recognized all over the place. It's been celebrated all over Europe. You know, so it's like now of all times in on the heels of like a huge racial war, you know, like the, the trans rights issues. Now you want to come out and say like, hey, we're not going to bless same-sex marriages. Like the timing honestly could not have been any fucking worse. Yeah. I mean, I've, no, the timing could have been worse if they were, would, would pull this shit, you know, after that the attack in Orlando at that club or some shit. Like, but, but still, it's, it's... I agree with what y'all said because at the end of the day, it's like... Some people still, and I find it weird when I find old-fashioned gay couples, if that makes sense, like people who feel like, oh, well, we have to get it done in like in the church. You have to like ask, you know, my, my parents and stuff like that. And it's like all of that stuff is based in religion. Like all those traditions are based in religion. And religion also says that your union and that your sexuality is a sin. So why the fuck would you ever care about shit like that? You know? But I also understand like some people religion is even overpowers their identity when it comes to their sexuality right so and i so i'm gonna add to that point because you know i spend a lot of mindless time on tiktok and then <laughs> on top of that tiktok has you know it's been a resource to me because i like the stuff that's on the in the intellectual space so the idea that homosexuality uh, is something that's frowned upon or a sin in the Bible is not right. Um, that is not a thing. Uh, if we all of niggas was by, yeah, because if you read it, like not, we're not talking about like translation because a lot of this stuff was lost in translation because we were in a time of war uh, and the, the conditions of the war and the economy and women and all of this stuff is uh, economic driven and money driven. So. Um, from the perspective of homosexuality was never, never, the word homosexuality was mis, uh, was mistranslated of, 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 of pedophilia. It was, uh, a man should not, uh, the Bible says man should not lie with man, but the original scripture says man should not lie with boy. Man should not lie with boy. As right. Child, as right. Uh, so I always feel like because people edit history, right? People edit history to fit whatever narrative they're trying to paint. And I feel like the narrative that most people are trying to paint is that of white Christian male. 
white straight Christian male. Because if you really like look at history and look at all those times, like since the dawn of time, humans have always been bisexual. Like people love love to you know glorify like Viking culture and all that shit like that. When these niggas was raiding these villages and pillaging, you think they was only sleeping with women? No. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't know. It's like I and I always I'm always the 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 hot topic guy in, in, in that realm because even though I identify as a straight male, it's like I love everybody. Like I tell people it's like I can look at a man like both of you are beautiful to me. Like I could watch y'all fucking up like that's some sexy fucking shit. Like I, I understand that that's sexy, that's attractive. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna have a boner. It doesn't necessarily mean I want to join in. It's like I don't understand. I don't understand how a, a man can look at himself and deem himself a handsome man and not realize another man is handsome and you know, so on and so forth. So I think even sexuality is over sexualized. Because like when you most people, most straight people, when they look at a gay man, they think they see a gay man. Most most straight women, if they look at a, a, a lesbian woman, they're going to they're going to think like, oh, she she's a lesbian. People don't they don't see people for people anymore. They see people with as their sexuality first because it's become such a hot button topic. Think about it when people, well, this is just my perspective. I think when, when people even want to introduce yourself like by pronouns and stuff like that, they put so much emphasis on that. It's like, I get that it's a respect thing. I want to grant you that respect. But I think even in that realm of it, it's hypersexuality of sexuality. Like when did that become such, uh, such a conversation? If it's all about self-identity and what you identify and what you recognize yourself as, when, when did the outside approval become such a big thing? Mm-hmm. So um, now that you're talking about this, there was a little message that Taraji P. Hen- Henderson actually put out that's talking about coming out and how much she's against it. Cause she says it, it creates unnecessary stress, unnecessary drama, because when do you introduce yourself to somebody new and say, Hey, I'm straight. My name is Rodney. Right. Never. So <laughs> I, I, I would never introduce myself as like, Hey, I'm Eric. I'm bisexual. Like if we get to that point, like we, if we become friends or we get comfortable enough with, uh, with each other, to where I feel like you need to know my sexuality, then I'll tell you. That's not something that you just throw out there. Right. And we had a problem with one of our friends because she introduced us as, oh, these are my gay friends. Don't do that. Right, like why is that, why is that necessary? Why is that the focal point of your introduction? Because that's what people, and that's what people see. It's like uh, one episode before I had a guy on and he, he put, and he had to feel like he needed to put emphasis on. He's like, I, I know plenty of gay dudes, blah, blah, blah. And they just get out the way. I was like, so why do you see them as just as gay dudes? Why can't it just be like, oh, I have these, I know these fire-ass friends. And it's like, if that, I have these fire-ass friends, and if it just so happens to come up, like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's in the same sexual relationship. Like, if, but there has to be, like, certain circumstances where that's even matter. If someone's like, oh, like, is he single? Like, you know, I can introduce him to somebody or some shit like that. There are so many different circumstances for someone's sex and gender to even come up. But at the end of the day, that's just how people do it. Just like somebody introduced shows, this is my gay friends. It's, I don't know why <laughs> everyone wants to focus on that. But see, we got, we can talk about shit like this all day because we're going to get off topic. But anyway, because <laughs> I don't even know how we got on that in the first place. <laughs> but I guess we can use that. We can segue into, um, and this is from any perspective in your life. Have Have y'all ever found yourself in a position where you had to educate the oppressor? 
Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Every day. So, All the time. Um. I'm a. Uh, so I'm a. I'm a. I'll give you this example. I was in the Marines and I was. Uh. I was in this section, right? So um. I was working with my auntie. She. I, she's not my blood relative. I just call her my auntie. We're real cool. So um. She's Dominican. So automatically when we first met she just started talking to me in spanish because she was born and raised in dominican republic she's like where are you from blah 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 and you know if you're spanish or if you're a spanish speaker you know that in the spanish culture if you come up to somebody and you're like yeah i'm spanish they're gonna ask you do you speak spanish and that's like a border that you have. it's it's a barrier you have to pass because right. if you don't speak spanish you're gonna be like all right you're a coconut <laughs> <laughs> But I remember that this, he was a sergeant. I think I was uh, an E5. He, I was an E4 and I was talking to her in, um, in Spanish. And, and he, he, once I left the room, he said something like, oh, you need to speak English. And I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, yeah, you do. You need to speak English. So, you know, everybody understands what you're saying. And I'm like, no, you don't. He's like, that's the language of America. And I'm like, actually, that's a lie. America doesn't have an official language. Yeah, we the not. language that's considered official in America is whatever the majority speaks. And if you haven't seen, the majority of people are learning Spanish and actually the decline for English is going down. So the majority Span the majority speakers in America will be Spanish speakers. Soon. Soon. Have you been learning Spanish yet? I'm, I'm, uh, I am not, I am not, I am not, I am not learning. <laughs> you about to lie. Learning, <laughs> I am not learning Spanish as I should. He's not even uh, But um, we are work, building a life that I, we will not be working. So I will have plenty of time to learn Spanish uh, because I won't be burdened with a nine to five or whatever you want to call it. I love it. I love it. A, a job, a career. a career at all. We will be free people just living our lives with income coming everywhere and doing absolutely nothing. And just enjoying life and that stuff. But to my example, to answer your question, just to stay on topic. Um, so numerous occasions, um, uh, especially around the time when, you know, the BLM protests, uh, you know, that's a very hot, that was a hot topic. And I work uh, in a government space, uh, so in some interesting spaces where uh, in DC, where everyone has you know their various opinions of of topics, uh, and I remember speaking to one of my one of my coworkers, uh, and you know of course this was around a time where it was the peak of BLM protest and. You know, everybody was talking about, you know, George Floyd and say, say her name and say his name and all of that good stuff. And essentially, um, you know, he felt, you know, he felt welcome to come to me, ask questions like he's not a, a guy, uh, but his friend is just, you know, not all the way there. But he was like, but you know what's wrong? You know, they're out there rioting and the targets and all of that stuff. And I said that the fact that you that the that you care about this, the targets and the rioting and I mean the looting and all of that, get, uh, is, is is you projecting your privilege. I said that we're out here literally saying stop killing us. Literally. And, and you're worrying about shit. And you're worrying about something that can be replaced that can be rebuilt, that can be clean, that can be all of this stuff. 
I said that you need to get out of yourself because I understand that as a white male, you have you have not experienced any struggles throughout your life experience because you are the quote unquote superior being. Not only are you white, you are male and straight and straight. Yep. You have not, you have, you've had no, no struggles your entire life to navigate, to get you to this point where somebody like me had to be exceptional to get here. I had to work my ass off to get here. So for you to say, oh, the writing, you're projecting your privilege here. So that, but you know, at, at that point, you know, he opened up the door and you're like, you know what? You know, I understand, you know, he got angry and kind of stormed off. But a couple of days later, he said that, you know what, you know, what you told me earlier, you know, that that's perspective. Like, I, no one has really sat down and offered me a perspective and not just automatically reacted to me in a way that, you know, that it wasn't constructive or it wasn't delivered to him in a way that he actually heard what I was saying. Right. So um that was a one a, one of the many examples because i get on facebook and argue with people all the time but oh i love that shit i love it i i did that a lot during the exact same time like during the huge black lives matter after george floyd and Breonna taylor's murder i was going in on like all those racist white people i grew up with on the west bank and it's like there's so many things i know about people's families like things that they said behind closed doors and, they, and I guess they thought I was quote unquote one of the good ones and I was safe to say that shit around. I can air out, I can air out so many families. Me personally, especially like when that shit, that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry shit was going like crazy about like how they reacted to the baby skin color. I personally know a family where the son got a, a mixed girl pregnant. The mom cried and said, I hope the baby doesn't come out looking black. Like I could air out so many people shit like, but I ain't the type of person. I ain't a, I ain't a piece of shit like that. But I feel the the reason why that was a whole topic is I was listening to a podcast about it and someone mentioned it, and I feel like it's it's a very heavy burden that it's always the oppressed that has to do the educating. Like, why does that responsibility have to fall on to us? You know, like I feel it's willful ignorance at at, at some point where. Everybody has the internet. Everybody has resources to just to all this information, this influx that is out there. Like you, you can literally go online and see some of these murders happening. George Floyd, there was a live recording of this man's life, you know, leaving his body. Like the these things can't be argued, yet some people still find a way to argue it. Like Sheldon said, people made it about, you know, the monuments, people made it about the looting, people made it about all kinds of shit. But then today, the heart of the matter is the oppressor loves to feel oppressed. Every, like, what is it, Yeah, and I was just going to say, it's not the oppressed, the oppressed job to educate the oppressor. It's not our job to do that. Uh, and not in this age where we have the internet. And I always say, you know, to anyone out there who, who may come from humble beginnings, who may come from any walks of life. I know people who, uh, who has like an iPhone and go sit in, in a McDonald's parking lot because the Wi-Fi is free. Education is free because you have the internet. Uh, and it's only if you have the drive and a mindset to get your plate, get yourself in a place where you want to be, whether it's 
whether it's educating yourself on social issues uh, to make you a better uh, contributing member to society, or if it's someone or, or trying to uncover a mechanism for you to self-develop for yourself. Um, it's it's available to you now. This is not, I got to go to a library and read a book like days. A library is online. And, you know, we, you know, we, the humble middle class has, has also figured out how to make all of this shit free. This uh, bitch just said humble middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like to say I'm middle class. Uh, you ain't fucking middle class. <laughs> uh, uh, upper upper uh, middle class. We go. We go. We'll 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 take that. So I also think it's about self preservation for the oppressor. Because if I have a good deal going on, if I'm on, on the top of the food chain and I get all these privileges, why would I want to change that? It's a thousand percent. Like if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So let me keep the mindset of the majority of the population ignorant. That way, I stay in a comfortable spot. Y'all, y'all should start a podcast. Y'all are very good at this, holding the conversation, keeping the, the on topic, and we blowing through this, it's making me making me feel like y'all don't want to talk to me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, one of the main topic this week, of course, is the Asian hate crimes. Uh, so I guess we'll start by, by the biggest one this week. Eight people killed in Atlanta area massage parlor shootings. Six of the victims were Asian, the authorities said, raising fears that there may have been racial motivation to the crimes. So usually when I, when I get the articles and stuff for that I want to read on air, I usually try to go back to when it all happened and get like all like the fresh information or whatever, because, you know, we know mainstream media, there's going to be so many defenses of this gross human being who literally murdered fucking eight people that it's very hard to get the information you need so it's like even the article fresh from the day it still was updated like three days later so like you can't even get to it but anyway eight people were shot to death at three massage parlors in the Atlanta area on Tuesday evening, the authorities said, raising fears that the crimes may have targeted people of Asian descent. Six of the people killed were Asian and two were white, according to law enforcement. All but one were women. A suspect identified as Robert Aaron Long, 21, of Woodstock, Georgia, was captured in Crisp County, about 150 miles south of Atlanta, after a manhunt, said the authorities, who had earlier released a surveillance image of a suspect near a Hyundai Tucson outside one of the massage parlors. Although it was not clear whether there was a racial motivation in the shootings, Stop AAPI hate formed to prevent anti-Asian discrimination during the coronavirus pandemic called them an unspeakable tragedy for both the victims' families and an Asian-American community that has been reeling from high levels of racist attacks. Anybody who tries to say that this is not a targeted racist attack is full of fucking shit. Atlanta is one of the blackest places I've ever seen in my fucking life. So if you're literally just like some idiot said in the news, he was just having a bad day, right? If you're literally just having a bad day, God forbid, and you're the type of person who wants to alleviate the stress of that bad day by harming others, why the fuck are you going to go specifically to fucking spas and parlors? See, And the thing is that with these mass shootings and mass murders, you don't ever see it being a white, you don't see white victims. It's always minorities like are targeted. So what is that? And and it's well, I'm gonna say 98% of the shooters are always white. 
I mean, the white people are the real terrorists. <laughs> white people, I got a Snapchat from my friend last night and he said he saw uh, a beautiful little white baby and he said, I'm such an asshole because I immediately thought, oh, that baby's going to grow up to be <laughs> probably a white supremacist. And I'm like, you can't say that. I'm like, the baby could be a rapist. And I was like, it could be a sex <laughs> I'm like, it could, Right. I was like, it could literally like just oppress a motherfucker. I was like, that baby, his possibilities are limitless with white folk. But it's very fucking sad because that's literally all you see. And we know if this gunman was anything other than white if he had been asian american if he had been you know middle eastern descent if he could have been hispanic anything but he would have been a fucking labeled a terrorist out the gate it this this would have been off there would have been no fucking defense this guy would have had a bad day he would have been an unstable individual that would you know going on a killing spree like it would have dug up his violent violent past a fight he had in fucking middle school all kind of stupid shit Mm-hmm. So I, I just think there's just so much to unpack <laughs> with this, with this, with this, uh, this, this instance. I think that one, one, I'll start with the the the, the phrase "stop Asian hate." Um, two things on that. One, uh, the increase of violence against the Asian community has been going on since March of last year, mm-hmm. due to uh, which. Some people say, uh, which I primarily agree with, comes with the messaging of Mr. Donald Trump. Ten thousand percent kung flu, the kung, kung flu, flu, the Chinese virus, mm-hmm. uh, China virus, the China virus, and uh, this this is this is this is nothing new in, in regards to the atrocities to the Asian the Asian American communities or the Asian community in general. So let's start there. And then two, the fact that we're saying stop Asian hate and, you know, we were saying Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate. Uh, and the fact that we're coming up with all these damn clauses and not saying stop white terrorism. There we go. Is, is, is a problem for me. We're, we're, we're still, we're, we're saying it, we're, stop, stop killing the group, stop killing the oppressor, the oppressed. But we're not saying the uh, we're not addressing the problem in our trendy messaging. Let's say stop domestic terrorism, stop white, stop white terrorism, make that popular and demonize the problem so that we so that when this message goes across, the curious, the curious people out there who may be unaware where may start to Google what is what is white terrorism? What is this? So that they can start to educate themselves and move towards the solution of, 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 of in a way of socially demonizing it. Because I feel like to a degree, you know, I, I think I put it on Facebook. I mean, I feel like I'm reaching to a degree that um, that they're not out here killing black people no more because BLM, uh, they not, I, would, I don't want to say no more. They're not going to they're less likely to go out there and kill a black person. They're more uh, based, hesitant. They're more hesitant based off of some of the successes that uh, a Black Lives Matter and the the largest global protest ever and all that good stuff. Now, from America's perspective, they just just took a pivot and went to the Asian community. Right, right. And right. now, and now we're looking at it as like, dude, like. Are we are we like in the twilight zone here? Are we not addressing the problem? Are we just gonna say Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate, and then next we're gonna be saying? Uh, I mean, stop. we have we have the ICE detention centers and shit like that. So it's literally been we've been fighting for brown, black, and yellow lives. Like, 
it's it, this is nothing new. So the the KKK just got added into the FBI's terrorist list in 2018. That so, to they, say how many years they've been around, fucking exactly. So yeah. uh, I can't give you the exact dates, but the terrorist list included like groups like what the Black Panthers. The FBI tried to go in there and destroy the movement itself. Why? Because it threatened the white man. Like the media has this in this massive outreach, and they always project the black, the color person as the threat. No, they they demonize black and Spanish males as threatening, and then they demonize they um what is it with the Asians? They emasculate Asian men. They emasculate them too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. They're always trying to make it seem like white is right. Like mm-hmm. white is the, the perfect it's safe. It, yeah, it's, it's the perfect safe. middle ground. We're safe. Yeah. Yeah. I, people are fucking dangerous. And I would say that, you know, I think that goes to like why, why there's a, why I think let's compare this also to with Trump. Uh, what Trump did to America is made it normalize overt racism. Mm-hmm. normalize overt just i don't give a fuck fuck you nigger fuck you split you Asian. like this is america fuck you go back to china type shit yeah. yeah like he normalized that he pretty much said that you know what you can be like this and you can still live be and, president. and be president and be a normal contributing member to society so with that being said now we have now we have everyone out here just not giving a fuck um, you know, and with that, well, all of this together, I think that we, we as minority groups, um, this is, this is an opportunity, um, because, you know, I even saw some messaging and I kind of commented on it, you know, now that, you know, some, there's some, some sediment around, um, when black, when black allies, when, when black, when black people are looking for allies, uh, the Asian community was quiet. Uh, I have and, so many problems with that. But continue. Yeah. Uh, and you know, now that the Asian community is, you know, they're they're coming to their voices and they're coming to the platforms and you know, being outspoken to the stop Asian hate and you know who's really out there, you know, supporting them outside of the those in their community. Because I would say historically, Asians being that model, that model minority. Uh, and I was talking to a good friend, you know, I was, I was talking to Hugh and another good friend who's also Asian American. And I said that the one thing about Asians that we don't know what the fuck going on in their community. Cause they don't be saying shit. Yeah. I said, but when something happened in the black community, they on Twitter, Everybody they on Facebook, <laughs> they on Facebook live. We, the, we, we, we got to tell the world what the fuck going on in our lives. But, um, you know, I say all this to say that, you know, I think that all of this is now we're starting to see each other and see we're all uh, facing some of the similar challenges, the same similar experiences. Uh, And I know that uh, this is an opportunity for us to come together. uh, And I think that we're building momentum uh, in the face of all of the atrocities that are ongoing and that, I'm optimistic because that's really all we can be because what else can you do? You know, sit there depressed and just, you know, not pursue your life because of something you perceive as fear. I mean, 
at this point, we come together and we, it's only going to get better. We're going to get more diverse. We're going to get more representation. And then um, collectively, you know, we can only have hope. Collectively, the minorities are the majority. Yes. Actually, real spill. We actually are. Like, when you think about it, colors make up America. But I, I feel like... Uh, the rallying of Black lives behind Asian lives is a, is a hard battle because unfortunately a lot of most urban Black people, I'm going to say, they don't have pleasant experiences with Asian American cultures, right? So their stereotypes are based on the experiences of their parents, which was always going to be based on racism, right? So I can look at it from both sides. Naturally, I'm a Black man, but my experiences with Asian Americans have always been generally pleasant. Like granted, I've met their grandparents and their parents and like they would explain to me like, hey, you know, think about it. I used to, I made terms with the racism I was experiencing from the Asian American community. My breakdancing name was B-Boy Me Dang, which is pretty much like their term for like, you know, nigger or black, my black boy. But they would explain to me like, hey, my grandma's like this. I'm like, my mom's like this. But like, they showed me so much love. But then I also met some parents who would be like, oh, I have envelope for me on, you know, Chinese New Year. They're like, why don't you come for dinner type shit like that. So Asian people are very quiet. <laughs> like you said, they don't, no one never knows what's going on with them because you come from a very repressive culture back in depending on where you're from, whether it be, you know, China, Korea, Japan, those cultures are very structured, they're very rule oriented, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then you come over here, usually when they come to America, it's all about making it happen, success, you know, career, you know, you're taking care of things and shit like that. So if you already have this example in your head that white is right and white is the acceptance that I'm going for, the last thing you want to do is ruffle the feathers of the white man. Mm -hmm. So even if these little small docile people, and I'm <laughs> saying like that, even the people in a rally, if they're literally just trying to be the model minority and not ruffle feathers and, you know, make, be successful, make this money, shit like that, why are they going to upset these white people as well? So I feel like what Black people need to realize is that Asian Americans aren't our oppressors. Everybody needs to be mad at white people. Right. So it's like, that's the whole thing I've been seeing it like from the black side is like, oh, they was awfully quiet for Black Lives Matter. No, they weren't. You just don't have Asian friends. You're, you're literally like, if you don't have anyone in that field, how the fuck can you speak what's going on in that field? If you don't have friends who can bring that perspective, how can you even speak on it? But even outside of that, even if you feel that they weren't as supportive, what does that have to do with now? These people are being murdered by something that from something they had no control over like i've seen videos maybe a year or two years old they're attacking a, a group of black kids are attacking this fucking asian old asian guy he's just walking home he's like why are you doing this to me he's like i'm just trying to sell my fruit i'm just trying to i'm and i'm just trying to go home and they're just recording man like oh bitch ass nigga blah, blah blah like taking this shit and stuff like that and shit like that breaks my fucking heart because it's like why <laughs> like I don't understand what anybody would gain from not only taking the life of someone who's literally done nothing to you for attacking someone calling you know China virus kung flu even some stupid shit like that I saw so many of my friends post like in the beginning of the pandemic like uh all these fucking assholes looking at me weird and stuff like people saying shit to them like oh this is y'all fucking virus 
Like shit, like none of that shit makes sense to me, man. Yeah, I I mean um go I, for it. I have to say that uh now they're now they're saying you know that they're looking at me funny. That's because Asians, I believe, were the accepted minority. And now they kind of understand what everybody else has had, like black men, black, Spanish, Arabs. They've all, all been under this scope of just this next is true. This is and, true. And Asians aren't, they're not even considered, they're minority wise, they're the smallest minority in America. So it's just, they don't, and they're not active either in their community, in other communities besides their own. So that's why you don't have a big footprint on them anywhere else. But now that they're feeling the heat that everybody else has felt, they're like, oh shit, maybe now I should speak up. Right, like maybe maybe we should have been a little more, you know, run or right, because white ain't right, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I do have a, a friend of Asian descent who specifically told me that growing up, he thought he was white. Uh, and that was his experience. He didn't even know he was Asian. He doesn't know, he doesn't speak any of his native language. And he was, it was uh, almost like demonized for him to speak uh, his own, like the language of his grandparents uh, because, you know, he, uh, it was white was right. And he, he grew up with this idea that he thought that he was white. And then it wasn't until like high school days that he realized that, you know, he was not white. Uh, and that, you know, that was his experience. So, and I think that in the professional space, um, especially if you work in like technical spaces like we do, we work in techno uh, uh, technology spaces where, you know, you have your, you, you know, your, your stereotypes still live there. You know, you have your Asian, you know, technologists and you have you know, once in the nighttime, I say they say that once in a, once once here and there, you have your your um, your successful black man there, uh, and then you have a bunch of a bunch of white people who are mediocre. I mean, and then it's almost as if like the black man is still has to be extremely exceptional, and the Asian guy is still that nerdy Asian person, but no one looks at him like he's a threat. Like no one looks at him like uh like he has anything going on he's just a kind of like a look over kind of person like everyone else he doesn't stand out like the black guy stands out he's not a threat he's not a threat right because when we said it before it's like they emasculize pretty much asian men like they're small they're weak they're fragile the small penis stereotype all that stupid shit they pretty much just try to take it away from them i mean asian men are you know tiny <laughs> you know I mean? you call this fucking spade a spade but i do want to um since we did have such a huge part in black lives matter uh, we were we want people to say their names i do think we owe it to the victims to say their names at least so soon chung park and if i if i mispronounce these names someone please forgive me i because we do have uh asian listeners so please forgive me uh age 74 soon chung park Age 51, Hyun Jung Grant. Age 69, Soon Cha Kim. Age 63, Yong Yu. Age 33, Delena Ashley Yon. Age 54, Paul Andre Michaels. Age 49, Xiao Ji Tan. And age 44 was Dao Yu Fang. 
The other woman named on Friday died at Gold Spa in Atlanta, or the fourth woman died across the street at the Aromatherapy Spa. Damn. I'm sorry, that was a very dark way. To like, oh, no. <laughs> that was a very like, somber way to like almost close all this out. But I feel like that. Uh, thank y'all so much for being here. This was so much fun. No, no worries. It went by fast. It went by fast. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're just talking, you're just talking shit. But anything you guys want to talk about, anything you want to throw out there? Oh, just to make it up? I, I think that the only thing that, only thing that remotely comes to mind uh, was the little mama. Because uh, <laughs> uh, little mama apparently, you know, had some comments uh, on the LGBT community and the trans, uh, and trans, the trans children and a trans community in regards to um, the idea that uh, she had comments around children uh, that you have to be, uh, I would say, mature, uh, mature in order to choose your sexuality. Uh, or choose that sexuality was a choice and that her exact words is like you should wait at least until puberty to decide if you want to be a guy or a girl to choose if you're going to be gay or not uh, and choose if you want to cut your genitalia off or this and that and using examples like um like uh what's what's the Wayne Wade's daughter's name Zuri uh, uh Zuri uh Zuri uh Wade and essentially, uh, she's, uh, out of all of that, she came out of it saying that she wanted to start a heterosexual movement, a heterosexual movement. Um, she, she pledged to start a heterosexual pride movement or Wait, something. Wait, is it? Is a little mama lesbian? Uh, no, no, she's, no pregnant. she's not. She's pregnant. She's, she's pregnant. What? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> That was like the one thing that that remotely that was kind of problematic and relevant, of course, to not only the Black community, but also the LGBTQ plus community. And it was kind of alarming because- Zaya is Zaya, Zaya Wade. Zuri is LeBron James' daughter. I'm sorry, that wasn't my hip hop to my head. So- it's, it's minorities destroying other minorities, or it's like, this is all we know. This is a vicious cycle that we just continue to do. And we do it to ourselves because you got to think about it. Okay, little mama's what black, but mm -hmm. she's a minority, but she's a straight black woman. Uh, or I, I think she is. I don't know. I don't fucking who Who the fuck knows who little mama is? Right. You made one song and you feel like yeah, it's irrelevant to say some shit like this. Exactly. And then she's a straight woman. She's the majority. What is she doing? She's downplaying the struggles of the LGBT, the minority. And even more so, like, the the big thing, the big conversation about, like, the LGBT community is people being more comfortable with their sexuality, with their identity at earlier stages in their lives, not why would you want to discourage that? Because every, all of my gay friends, like, they, like my from Mario, I asked him, I was like, Mario, like, when did you know? He's like, Ronnie, I knew I, knew I liked boys when I was six or seven years old. He's like, you always know. <laughs> so. And, you know, I think that I think that that's important to say out loud, because I think that there's this idea that some people think that sexuality truly believe that sexuality is a choice or sex uh, or being gay or being LGBTQ is uh, a program to depopulate the the uh, the world. Like I've seen some very weird conspiracy theories. I saw one that said that the. Uh, 
the black, I mean, the gay agenda is to uh, ex exterminate the black male. But it's not like right. do you have to understand that that's like learned from slavery, and that was a a mechanism oh, yeah. to control uh, control men, and that's why, especially in spaces like Jamaica, where homophobia is that it's like extreme high because um, it's literally if you it, I was looking at a case study uh, a case study and a a very long like three hour documentary around why homophobia is so terribly like that's like one of the worst things you could ever do as a Jamaican person living in Jamaica because honestly uh that's where the quote-unquote slave owners were were high levels of like raping the slaves in order to control the masses uh in the most brutal ways in the in the in the in the woods in Jamaica so they're associated with trauma pretty much yeah, yeah. so it's associated to trauma so that's the reason why, but, but they don't, some people don't know the history of slavery. Some people don't know their own history. So they're not able to make those connections. They just grow up and are born and are, and they just told from their parents that being gay is bad. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the connect. That's the, the power of history and the power of learning the, the, all of the, the dots and how the dots connect. But ultimately the idea that uh, sexuality is a choice is you know why would I, i'm gonna always go back to this why would someone choose to wanna wanna be uh just ostracized this uh this this um disassociated with their family to have to navigate through life knowing that people quote unquote hate you right uh, and then on top of that this is let's add let's add the the layers to it not only are you lgbt you're a minority uh, and then sometimes you're either male or female. That makes it even worse too, because I know one of your one of our favorite rappers, Chica, who is a black her. woman who is plus size, who is LGBT. Uh, the world, you know, from every angle, the world hates her. And, and she's from the south. Too. And she's from. The I south. love me some Chica, boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> This idea that you know sexuality of choice is is ridiculous because you know some people have to hide themselves to protect their lives and then when they get out the house they go live their lives. Being but, gay is hard. That's 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 like the end point. Being gay is hard, and like us as humans, we always want to take the path that has the least amount of resistance. So why wouldn't I make my life easier by being straight if it was a fucking choice? And right. on top of that, gay sex is fucking hard because you got to clean your booty hole out and then you got to eat right and you got to do all this other shit. So you know what? It's it's a struggle. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle out here. Oh, I I still, <laughs> somehow I was, uh, I was on Chatterbait last night and somehow in like the couple's room, one dude had like a, a really small cock and his like the, the other dude had like a normal sized cock and they were like fucking cocks. Oh, they were docking. Docking. That's what that's called? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I'm scrolling through. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to find somebody fucking. And I see this. It's like, why is this here? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I click on it. I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> but y'all just educated me. But that shit was so weird. But now I 100% understand you. And that was like, so I grew up like low-key homophobic, but it was simply 
because I was ignorant as fuck. Like I didn't know anything. My only, my only experience with the, and I didn't really realize it, but my only like close, close experience with the LGBT community that I was registering was uh, a transgender woman who used to live in a neighborhood named Bird. Bird was probably the most negative association to have because Bird was rude, aggressive, disrespectful, used to like, you know, force herself, like flirt with, with young dudes and stuff like that to the point where like dudes just want to fight, you know, her on, on some shit like that. It used to ride around the neighborhood, ass out around like small kids and shit. Like it was a very, very bad experience. But that was literally me just to turn paying attention and internalizing that because once I really stopped and realized most of my mom's friend, most of my mom's friends growing up were gay or trans women. Like we used to sleep over at like trans women houses like Keyshawn, my mom's friend is Keyshawn. Keyshawn Dixon is a, a very established hairstylist on, on the West Bank. Like Doug, like my mom's friend Troy. Like I grew up around so many. And I guess that's why I'm so comfortable like now. But it's like I met this guy, Tommy, when I was working at Roadhouse. And I've always hugged my male friends and super affectionate shit like that. And then when Tommy would hug me, I'd be like, whoa. And then like one day I stopped and asked myself, I was like, Ron, did you think that's fucking like normal you fucking asshole and i'm like no it's not so i actually like went to work the next day talking to tommy just having a conversation i gave tommy a big ass hug he kissed me on the cheek his stubble weirded me the fuck out but we had a very like open and honest conversation and i'm like tommy you know what it's like i grew up and and i think a lot of people they misinterpret like when you say like oh someone is xyz phobic no it's not like i hate it you know like gay guys or anything that i was afraid of something I didn't understand. So I had an irrational fear that resides in most, you know, typical straight men, an irrational fear of something I didn't understand. And I was demonized in the media and in the religion and shit like that. So I'm talking to Tommy and, and another woman, a woman came up and like talking to him. And she's like, Tommy, you ever been with a woman, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't think you could just like, you know, choose a woman. And when he said, choose, choose, I hate that word, choose. He said, I love women. He said, I think women are beautiful. He said, I love boobies. I love to grab boobs or shit like that. He's like, why would I choose to be hated? He said, I would love nothing more than to grab a woman right now and marry her and have beautiful little babies. He's like, but I like dick and ass. And I'm like, all right, Tommy. I was like, you have the most respect. And like, and literally a conversation like that fixed everything in my mind that I thought was like associated with LGBTQIA plus, you know? And it's like, fast forward now, it's like, I literally don't give a fuck who anybody is fucking as anyone should be. Like, who gives a fuck who somebody's fucking? My dick ain't in there. Like, I don't care. Like, people are people and beauty is beauty. And I encourage anybody to stop giving a fuck about whom other people are fucking. Yeah. I have one I have one more comment on that because I saw it on TikTok too. You know, I have a problem with TikTok. Uh, and, shopping. Uh, before, before, you know, this, and I, I think that the fact I, th I think the fact that we have, you know, speaking to your point order, or earlier about labels and the fact that we have a LGBT plus alphabet soup, there's some good, there's some pros and cons that come Not with alphabet it. soup. Uh, <laughs> it comes, you know, it comes with it. I think that to a degree, there's people who fuck who they want to fuck, and there's people who, who fuck who they fuck can with, with society, who society wants Says, them to fuck. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that ultimately, that's the, those two types of people. Uh, and honestly, we're all human. We don't, we're, uh, you know, a basic human need is sex. So we're going to fuck and it's never going to go away. Uh, so, you know, educate yourself, understand every, everyone should be able to understand who they are and what they do like and what their experiences are. 
and and enjoy and grow in those spaces and you know continue to to navigate on your route of, of life fulfillment that's really all you can do when COVID goes away i want to have a big ass orgy yeah that's fine yep <laughs> It's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, the Romans used to do it, and they were considered the, like the best civilization for how many centuries? Yeah, I mean, I think everything is perspective. That's why you know when people say orgy or people say you know this, I think perspective is 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 is, is and, interesting. But that goes back to religion. The religion has demonized you know sex, like group sex, has, right? Yeah, you know, sex before marriage. And you know, it has to, at a point it was like, you have to have only have sex with your own race and this and that. So it all goes back to the church. Monogamy, monogamy, polygamy, like all of these like disruptive topics, like honestly. If it's not your thing, okay, cool. But don't disturb the person whose thing it is. Right, mind your business. Exactly. I feel like for me, a dream relationship is a throuple because I need somebody to pay attention to the part my like the the primary partner right i need somebody to pay attention to that person's like if they're needy because i can't be that person like <laughs> i like i i like my alone time i like my isolation granted like when i'm sharing you know when i'm with people i'm 100 tuned in like if you're my significant other like when you're around me i'm going to be all over you in your faces and shit like that but if you're just one of those people who just needs general conversation and coddling like day to day i'm not the guy for you because nine times out of ten i'm either watching recipe videos, reading something, or like listening to something, like doing what I want to do. And I feel like in a perfect world, I would find somebody who wants to do those things with me, right? But nothing is ever going to be perfect. It's all about compromise. So if I had a throuple, you know, like I'm going to be, you know, chef bay, you know, I'm going to be digging down massages, you know, if we need some advice and some like reflection. But if you just want like, just some attention, like please go by the number three. Cause like, that's not going to be me. Uh, but, I'm yeah. like, but tell the people where to find you guys all right so i know you can definitely find us on instagram uh my instagram handle is sir inc x-i-r-i-n-c uh as my my main handle um because why why sir because we're getting married uh, uh upcoming june so we will be the sirs. So we we are dropping our last names and we're adopting sir as our, our married name. We're not doing that hyphenated take your name bullshit. We're creating our own rules because this is our life. We I love it. Thirteen letters. You don't want that. <laughs> but where, 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 can we, where can we find you, Poppy? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Sir Poppy X I R P A P I underscore five zero four. When are you going to start a food page? Uh, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I was actually talking to Kennedy, our daughter, and I was just like, you know what, baby? I'm going to start writing down my recipes because I want to publish a cookbook. I love to see it. I'm working on mine now, and it really sucks. Just letting you know. <laughs> but the, the way I'm trying to do it, it's 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 stressful. I, I want to do, I mean, I can fucking talk about it. Here. I, I want to do like a video one. So like since I'm like moving into YouTube soon and like creating, you know, visual recipes and stuff like that. I want my cookbook to be just video like lessons, like little tips and tricks and like everything like going through. It'll be real short, like because it's, you know, handled like that because I hate reading old fashioned recipes. 
I hate them so much that I usually I'll read through them and then just develop my own. I mean, uh, measuring is good and all, but uh, cooking is an art. So it's like mm-hmm. how you go the day like and what most professional chefs actually do is that once they get it right, they keep that recipe, but they try it 30, 40 different times and they always change it a little here and there. But yeah, uh, for measuring and stuff, it's more for baking because baking is a science. Yes, baking is 100% a science. Like cooking is all experimental. Mm-hmm. So even like, even if you fuck something up, like let's say, I don't want to put you out this way, but like if he's oh, cooking. Oh man, and, and they try to say can't cook. <laughs> he's not no, saying no, I can't no, cook. No, no, let's no, just no, say no. that I'm, I, I lean more into the experimental side of he, the house. He needs help sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not afraid to experiment and I'm not afraid to fail, but I always learn something. That's what's important. Uh, so we we gonna we're gonna start this like back and forth cooking competition. Yeah. Like I'm just getting I'm just getting back into the swing of like working working again. And I have like low-key have two jobs because yeah, I'm trying to get the fuck out of New Orleans. But <laughs> but we gonna um I'm put I'm gonna leave this on the recording just to hold myself accountable. I'm gonna post my first YouTube video next week, and then after that, we could do we could start this weekly shit because I'm all for motivating friends. And if you want to do a cookbook, you want to do food shit. I'm doing food shit. There's no reason why we can't work together. Yes, so. I can make the food look creative since I shoot. There we go. There we go. I'm. Actually, I'm I wish. Damn. I wish you guys would well live closer. I wish I lived closer because yeah, because I was just thinking. I was like, I need to start working with more people like videographers and stuff like that because like I have all that equipment but that's not my passion like that's not my like I'm more so I like editing like editing is fun like video editing is fun and stuff like that but uh, photography is not my thing at all (laughs) but you know you have an amazing eye like when you first start doing that shit I was like this shit's gonna go far because like the angles you catch like your, your style like your the way you capture emotion, like, and even in like a blank face, just like a person's eyes and shit. I really, I really fuck with this shit because like when I first got all my cameras and shit, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get real good at photography. It requires, it requires something much more than just technical know-how. And I learned that and you have it. So kudos. I love you guys. And I thank y'all so much for being here. Um, If you guys listen on Apple Podcasts. I like this every fucking episode. Listen to Apple Podcasts. Please don't forget to leave a review, leave a comment, let us know how we're doing. You guys can email us at projectparagonpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at monstandertightshirt and follow me on Twitter at projectparagon underscore. I don't really be on Twitter. I ain't gonna lie to you. But as always, thanks for listening and until next time, peace out.